1: <small> oh, <noise> my
2: Welcome into No Nonsense, the Tennessee Titans podcast. Your place to go for on-man Titans coverage that is 100% free of the nonsense that we always see in sports talk these days. I'm Luke Worsham, joined by the other two hosts of No Nonsense, Matthias Wadner and Will Lomas. We are coming to you in the middle of free agency week. This episode will be premiering Wednesday morning, Wednesday, March 16th. And, you know, content this time of the year has the nature to sometimes you know, immediately not be made irrelevant, but for example, you know, something may have happened between the time, very something very well may have happened between the time that we're recording this and the time that you're listening, so uh, we're going to talk about what we know right now, and, and the next week, you know, we'll get the opportunity to catch up on everything that that happens between now and then, but certainly a lot has gone down since we recorded last week, both with the Titans and around the rest of the NFL, and we will get into all of that. So, guys, uh, I'll ask you this before we get into the Titans. What's something that has stood out to you around the NFL about free agency? Because I I think this has overall been a boring free agency period. The Titans haven't done a whole lot outside of getting A.J. Moore and Jamarco Jones, two players that... You know, to be completely honest, I had never heard of until the Titans signed them. Uh, And then around the league, there's really not a whole lot going on. No real big splash moves. Maybe you could say J.C. Jackson to the Chargers fits that category. But overall, to me, it feels very boring. Curious what you guys think.
3: Yeah, I mean, the biggest storyline was Tom Brady coming back, but that really had nothing to do. Had nothing to do with free agency, but in terms of free agency, it's really just the Jaguars being the Jaguars. They do this every year. Uh, They splash the cash on on players who aren't really worth what they're paying um, for them. And they kind of, you know, reset the market in some positions. And I think that's what's happening with uh, some of the receivers with that contract that they gave Kristen Kirk. Uh, they gave a lot of money to Foye Aluakon, who is a good linebacker, but not $15 million per year. Um, and I'm just wondering if that's affecting um, other players and how much they're going to ask from some of these other teams. And it might be why um it feels like we've come to a little bit of a standstill, even though it's only been two days. Uh, but a lot of these high-profile free agents, really, we're not hearing too much uh on them so uh, i'm interested to see um, what some of these numbers are going to be after this because the jaguars and uh, e- even the jets the, uh, I, they got tomlinson um and, and they spent a lot for him for a guard uh just like the jaguars did with brandon scherf and it's, it seems like it's always the same teams um the ones who aren't very good but are, are always willing to spend a lot of money that kind of <laughs> ruins the party um for other teams but um yeah, I, I mean, we'll see what happens. I think the Jaguars and the Chargers have been the only ones that have like really struck hot these first couple of days, and the other teams are kind of waiting to see um, what's going to happen with the numbers on some of these players.
0: Yeah, the, I mean, the Jaguars have sort of blurred everything, right? Because like, you could, if like, let, let's say if Kirk goes to tampa bay or if kirk goes to the chargers like that's an interesting story because he's a good fit for the rest of the people around him you know he can thrive there he gets an upgraded quarterback and he helps a good young quarterback like sending a free agent to jacksonville is just sending them to the abyss like they'll they'll be relevant up until the start of the season people will forget that they're there like they do with marvin jones and then at the end of the year, they'll be like trade candidates slash cut candidates, and then the Jaguars will unceremoniously get rid of them, like at when their value is absolutely the lowest, and we'll, we'll forget that they were ever high-priced free agents. Like it's such a vacuum of attention. Like it, it has been a pretty boring. Uh, Free agency period, which I mean, we kind of talked about that before. Like, we we kept trying to figure out reasons why the Titans would try to open up a bunch of cap space other than to re-sign their own guys. Like, you know, there's people to be excited about. Like, you can talk yourself into Allen Robinson or Juju Smith Schuster, or you know, you can look at some of those guys and say, like, all right, if if the Titans were to add one of these players, it would be great. But it's not like it's been in you know years past when it's like okay there's five or six guys who are going to be pro bowlers next year and they're going to make a splash if they go to the right team and it's going to matter like there's just not those guys right now except for some of the pass rushers who just seem content to be sitting back waiting so i I mean it's it's a very slow process even though it's only been a couple of days like the news has kind of trickled in for about a week now so i maybe it picks up, maybe it doesn't like maybe picks or maybe like the free agents 20 through 40 are more interesting than the first 20 were. But uh, so far it's a pretty easy free agency period to sit back and watch other people spend money.
2: I want to come back in a little bit to the rest of the NFL, because there's a lot there to dive into. You mentioned Tom Brady. We can certainly talk about that. We'll talk about Jacksonville and their craziness and we'll talk about who's left first though. Let's talk about what the Titans have done so far. We got to recap the Harold Landry extension just a little bit last week in that addendum to the beginning of the episode. But the next move after that was re-signing Ben Jones to a two-year $14 million deal. Um, I I thought that was great, and I sort of straddled the fence all offseason to that point I never really at any point offered an opinion about Ben Jones. I think they could have did, you know, I think what they did was smart and wise and worked out, especially with the contract being as affordable as it was. I also could have seen a fair argument in defense of not re-signing Ben Jones, but like I said, with the way it worked out, I think it's good for them to keep him around. What did you guys think of the Ben Jones extension?
3: Uh, I've wanted him back pretty much this whole time. It just didn't make too much sense for for them to let him go, um, just because the offensive line uh, was a little bit shaky last year, a, a lot of a lot in a lot of the games. Uh, but Ben Jones was always good. He was he's a leader. You know, he's one of the best run blocking centers um, in the league, and he's never really put a foot wrong with the Titans. So it, it made a lot of sense to bring him back. Uh, I'm glad they did to have some continuity continuity especially with saffold uh, being gone so once a, a left guard new left guard comes in ben jones can you know be right there to kind of hold his hand in, in case that's necessary but he's one of the best centers in the league and his play has really not dropped off um in any capacity as as he's gotten into his early early 30s so great signing they got him for good money Um, I think he's about the 12th highest paid center right now. And I would say he's probably like a top eight, top seven center um, in terms of performance in the league. So good deal for him. Good deal for the Titans. Glad he's back.
0: Yeah, and the money seemed right, too. Like I I wrote earlier in the offseason how uh, the Alex Mack deal should have been the blueprint. And he got three years, $15 million. And that was, I think three years ago two years ago something like that and that was when there was more of a money crunch because of covid and all that so now that the cap is starting to rise again and you know you can afford to spend more money getting a two-year 14 million dollar deal done with that extra like void year added to it like it's not much different than mac got and it's 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 weird right because there was a time like let's say before Harold Landry got re-signed where there were so many different ways the Titans could have gone like you could have made the argument for them replacing four of their five offensive linemen and getting rid of Lawan Saffold, Ben Jones and Questenberry and now it looks like they've gotten rid of Saffold but they'll probably replace him in-house with Aaron Brewer so you could end up with center, left guard, left tackle, all basically the guys who've either played there with each other in the past or who've practiced a lot together. And uh, that that's not a, any sort of change there. And then right guard is still going to be Nate Davis. And then, you know, you worry about changing right tackle and putting Braden's there or whatever. But it, it could be no new additions to the offensive line, like when when it's all said and done. So that, I mean, that's that's a pretty big swing that that could have happened. And I think it all hinges around whether you can keep Ben Jones or not, because if you keep Ben Jones, there's still continuity centered left tackle, or I guess right guard all the way to left tackle. So it's a pretty, you know, easy thing to say, like, okay, let's keep the let's keep the rest of it intact and let's go. So I, I don't know. It, it's a long way of saying I like the move. I think Ben Jones is, as long as he's not asking for $10 million a year, I think, vrabel and robinson will keep him until he can't play anymore because it was robinson's first free agent deal you know it's it's one of mike vrabel's guys like clearly so i don't know why they would they would ever try to get rid of him so he can play with them as long as he's you know able to pick himself up off the ground
3: you know
2: i was doing the a to z show this morning and austin stanley brought up it's been seven years since they signed ben jones doesn't that feel like forever?
3: I almost forgot what team he even played for before the Titans. It was the Texans, right?
2: Yeah. Yep.
3: Okay. Just good. Good that I remember. It,
2: but I it. it doesn't feel like it's been seven years. It
0: was Robinson's first year. Like That's it doesn't right. feel like John Robinson's been there for seven years. Yeah. Him and Matt Castle
2: were back-to-back signings. Two humdingers.
3: Yeah. <laughs> like, what a, what a weird move. Similar, similar value we got out of both of those. <laughs>
2: hey, uh, yeah. They needed
3: Matt Castle because...
2: Who's the back... Oh, we're getting into the, the weeds here. Uh, a move that I was not nearly as fond of because I liked the Ben Jones deal. I think he gives them some intellectual continuity with what he does in terms of, you know, pass protection calls. Uh, they don't have to change more than they already are. You have to change on the offensive line. Jeff Swaim. Now, I don't love Jeff Swain, but bringing him back, that, that, that sole principle, I can live with. I can live with him bringing Jeff Swain back. But for $3.5 <laughs> million? Dollars? Because what's so funny, to, to make another A to Z reference, when we were doing the show on Monday... I said, what about O.J. Howard as a cheap sort of flyer guy? And Austin said, well, no, his value is $2.8 million, and that's just, that's just too much. And so we were laughing about that today because the Titans went and gave Jeff Swain $3.5 million. Here's the problem with Jeff Swaim. Uh, he doesn't really do anything well. I think Jeff Swain has some ability to use his cerebral uh, prowess to find the open space against zone coverage. But he's slow, he's got unreliable hands,
1: and he doesn't block well. There's this myth
2: out there that because Jeff Swaim is big, because he's slow, and because he's white, that he's a good blocker at tight end. And he's not. I can't tell you how many times this past year a run play blew up, and he went back and watched it. you're like, because oh, Jeff Swain got destroyed. He has some value, I guess, the veteran stuff. What I was talking about was zone coverage. 3.5 million dollars when they could have had C.J. Uzama for eight.
1: I don't get it.
3: Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. It seems like they were just scared to to go further into free agency and the draft without a tight end on the roster. So they were just like, "Okay, just just take this. But I I guess the the weird part is that he ended up getting a raise after the season that he had. Yeah, he played a lot, but didn't really show too much. But I don't know. I'm I'm not mad about it. Um, I'm glad that they at least have a tight end on, on the roster. But yeah, I agree with you. Like they could get this his production and his his play uh, out of a like fifth, sixth round rookie, honestly, or just like ryan Izzo, who th- who they claimed off the practice squad last year. I feel like those types of players could do the same job that he does, but they're clearly content with what he did last year. They're probably comfortable um with him as a person, as a player, and he knows the system. so um, they just brought him back, but yeah, I guess I was a little surprised that um, that they gave him uh, 3.5 mil. Didn't think it'd be that much.
0: I mean, the only way I can rationalize it, and I think it's a stupid move. I don't, I don't like Swain. I mean, he's fine, but like he should be a third tight end. Like that, that's where he should top out at is like, if you're a good team, you have two tight ends that are on the field. Like if you have him on the roster, like you said, Luke, that's fine. Like, I mean, I, like he knows the playbook, he knows the guys, he's a good locker room fit. The only thing I can think is that he had another offer from Atlanta or somebody like that. And he gave the Titans a chance to match it. And they said, you know what? Like, uh, you know, we just want somebody who can be a guy in the, in the tight end room who can help explain what we want and be like an on the field coach kind of guy. And, blah, 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 I, I would not have, I mean, I'm not defending it because I would not have made the move. But I get it. I you're, sure, you're trying to see where they
2: were coming from.
0: Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, the only way I can explain, because it's not like they're just like, yeah, sure, we'll pay whoever. I mean, like, that's just not, you know, they they tend to have a pretty good idea of what the value for guys is, and, you know, they tend to stick to that. They don't overpay guys routinely, so Yeah, I I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know what they saw. I don't know if they were like, well, maybe he was hurt this year. And it's one of those things where it's like, oh, he actually had plantar fasciitis the whole season and he'll be healthier next year. Because, I mean, he wasn't, he was, I'll say it like this. He was much better in 2020 than he was in 2021. Now, so was everybody and on offense and, you know, that may be a product of him being healthier and having a smaller role or, you know, it could be a number of other things. I'm not saying he's going to be good next year, obviously, but the only way I can, like the only way it makes sense to me is if they made the deal when they did because that he had other offers on the table and they decided to make the deal because they wanted somebody who had a high floor who they thought could be a leader for some younger guys. But I mean, is this the move that they're going to make? Like, I mean, are they going to make another move at tight end? Oh, they have to, right? Yeah. Sorry, uh, I in free agency, not yeah, not like. Yeah,
2: I think they are.
0: Yeah, I do too. I just like it, it's so early to pull the trigger on him. Like, I mean, look what happened with Michael Pruitt. Like they they let him fully go to another team, and then they uh, need you someone know,
2: so much better than that.
0: Yeah, the Michael I mean, Pruitt. Yeah, that's, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think Swain is better than Pruitt. Like, so, like, like, like I don't know what.
2: When I came on here a few weeks ago and I said that they needed to start over at tight end, I didn't mean that they needed to find three guys that were equally as very below average as the ones that they had. I meant you restart and you get better. You know.
3: I'm gonna start getting worried when when Ferkshire re-signs. if that happens.
2: We're, no, way. we're we're in trouble. <laughs> there's no way. Um,
3: I do. I think they're going to go back into the free agency market. Like, I, I there's still some decent tight ends out there. Like Tyler Conklin's still out there. Gerald Everett's still out there. They could like sign one of these guys. I I'm hoping they do um, because I don't know. Like I, I, I even if they bring back Pruitt, like I like Pruitt, but he's coming back off an injury. His he doesn't have much of a ceiling. He's just a decent blocker, and he gets open every now and then i'm 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 a little concerned about the tight end situation, but there are still players out there, um, and we still really haven't seen the times go after um anyone that isn't um from their own team. Who's left at tight end, matthias? Well, I just mentioned uh, Tyler Conklin, Gerald yeah. Everett. Uh Smythe played for the Dolphins, played like sixty-two percent of the snaps. Jared Cook is old, but he's I mean, he's better than what we had. Um, Jordan Akins from the Texans would make s- sense, I think. Um, we have some familiarity with him. Robert Tony is still available, Hayden Hurst is still available. It's not bad. It's it's not good. Max but Williams too. Max Williams is still available too, yeah. Um he he's someone that we could definitely see being a Titan, so there are players out there. The The question is whether the Titans are actually going to pull the trigger on any of them.
2: Well, everyone you mentioned is better than what they had last year. Which is the goal?
0: Yeah, everyone you could mention is better than what they had last year. <laughs> so, it's hard, it's hard to find people that are worse.
2: Except Jeff Swain, because he is what they had last year. Man, don't get That's it. true. So, the other two... Uh, Well, the only two outside signings so far are Jamarco Jones, who is a versatile offensive lineman, experienced at guard and tackle, and A.J. Moore, who is a special teams defensive back. I mean, the the season ticket phones have just got to be ringing off the hook with these two guys coming in. Yeah,
3: I'm pumped. <laughs> to see Jamarco Jones. Well, well, you had a good, co-
2: uh, oh. well, you had a good comment where you were like, uh, uh, "AJ Moore is just for so that, or maybe it was Matthias who said this. AJ Moore, they just signed so that people could pretend they knew what they were talking about with him."
0: Yeah, it's just a litmus test to see if uh, it, to to let people get off hot takes about him and just distract everybody for a while because nobody knows who he actually is. I think Matthias said that's not a real person, and I agreed. Like it was just a made up name. Like, it's I like, and look, we should also clarify if we haven't made it clear, like we are not saying that the Titans should go throw around money and cut players to sign people like that's never been our MO with this, but it is always funny that this is how they always start free agency and it, it tends to end up fine, but the first few days are always so slow for the Titans because they'll sign like a long snapper some sort of special team, you know, the, the Nick Zubnar, like all those kind of, like they'll they'll get one of those guys, then they'll re-sign a couple of their own players. They'll let somebody just barely dip their toes in the free agent market, like Kenny Vaccaro, and you know now Ben Jones, and then they'll bring them back, and then you know they'll actually make their move with like minutes left on the clock on Wednesday. But man, it it sure it's like it's not aggravating, but it's just like after you've seen it so many times it's just like you don't get excited for free agency anymore
3: yeah they always operate the same way well we shouldn't be surprised by it, that this is their process they've shown this pretty much every year um and i mean technically free agency hasn't hasn't officially even started until tomorrow well today when the episode will come out but uh, yeah patience patience everyone
2: I want to talk about the Titans strategy because that's what we spent most of last week discussing was the ideal strategy for the Titans in free agency. And what I want to do when when we come back in just one second is talk about have have what they've done so far has what they've done so far lined up with that? And for the purposes of argument, let's assume that there really is no splash move. Is that okay? We're going to have that discussion. We're going to answer those questions In just one moment, you're listening to No Nonsense, a Tennessee Titans podcast. If there is no big move, if there's simply a couple more Jamarcus Jones, AJ Moore type of guys, and then maybe a starter type but nothing more than seven eight million dollars uh is that enough or or would we as analysts of this team exit this period and say man i love the draft and i love cheap contract but they really could have stood to get another veteran
3: um mm, I'm in a tough position because I, I think it was last week I, I on this podcast, I said um, that I didn't really want them to go out and, and spend big money on, on some of these um, players that were probably going to get their price, uh, you know, uh, drawn up. Um, and I think that's possibly what what's happening. And I don't know, like, I, I, I do think the Titans still have to make moves. Um, but I don't think they're in a position, nor do I really want them to like make a huge um, splash. Hit, and I don't really know who it would be for. Like, who who is left that that would really be like a big ticket guy? I think Alan Robinson is probably the name that stands out the most. But that's not lot happening. Of other, that, first of all, yeah, that's not happening. Um, unless Julio gets cut or traded, which we still don't know. Like Julio's still on the team. Um, And we still have to act like he's going to be a part of the team. Um, His contract is going to be on the books and he's going to be a part of the offense. But I don't know, like maybe Juju. I I think I'd like to see them get Juju. I think he would fit well within the offense. He's the type of player that they like really good after the catch. Uh, The question will be how much he's going to get. He's struggled with injuries uh, last season. So I don't know if he's even really going to be a big money guy. Uh, but some of these other guys, like they're at positions that, that we don't need, like we don't really need edge players and we're not going to go out and spend big money for a year of Vaughn Miller or Chandler Jones. Um, and then at tight end, the best ones either got franchise tagged or or. or yeah, so I don't know. I, I, I don't know uh, what's what's going to be left for the Titans, but I don't think they should really go out there and, and feel the need to spend uh, a lot of money on some of these players.
0: Yeah, so let's let's talk realistically about what Mike Vrabel and John Robinson do. So you're going to probably get one starter in the top 100 picks it, it, by midseason. By the end of the season, you'll probably have two or three guys. Like you know, you'll probably have more guys who've risen up and you know earned their way up through special teams. But opening day, they still need starters at left guard, which we figure out, figure they're going to fix in-house, right tackle, which we figure they're going to fill in-house, then wide receiver three, tight end one, and backup round and back, like, those are the spots that they still have to fill just from a, like, there is no clear starter. So if you only have two picks in the top 100, you have to figure out a way to fill at least one of those needs in free agency. So Even if they want to call Swain tight end one, you still need a tight end two. Like they they just need that body. So I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like Taylor one sounds like you know he's he's on the team. Like you know he's he's commenting in the present tense about all this stuff. So uh, I assume they're going to figure out some deal with him and Cunningham, and they're going to create space. But like, Juju Smith Schuster. Cool. Like I, I like I, I'd, I'd love to see him on the Titans. He's only twenty five years old. Like you said, like he's a good. Like I think he's had two thousand yard uh, receiving seasons, and he's only twenty five. Like people forget how good he has been in the past because he didn't have as good of a year in twenty twenty, and then he got hurt last year. So I think there's a misconception about how good he is. I think he's better than people think. Uh, so I think he would be a good like wide receiver three for the Titans. But then you have to fill basically like a tight end spot and a backup running back spot or, you know, another like skill position spot with those top 100 picks. Like that, that doesn't seem like great value and it doesn't seem like John Robinson is just going to take somebody with no positional value in the first round. So it's like, I I don't, I don't know how they match these things up. Uh, I mean, it, it feels like the only thing that makes sense is a wide receiver in round one. Even though they haven't drafted a wide receiver in the first round since Corey Davis, but that that just feels like what they're going to have to do, which means that they're going to go out and sign a tight end, you know, which makes sense. But like, they better do it quick. I mean, they're starting to run out of people, and if they think that Swain is their tight end too, like, I mean, I like Max Williams. I don't know if he's a wide receiver one, like. I mean, Everett is probably a wide receiver or a tight end one. Like, I mean, that you can probably swing that. Like, there are guys out there, but like, there are two or three guys signing with a different team away from being out of options there and changing their entire offseason. So I, I'm, I am mildly concerned, but I was the same way last year until they signed to Nico Altry and Bud Dupree. So, you know, I, I guess we'll see.
2: I really don't have a problem with them taking a more unaggressive, passive approach to free agency. I, th- I think they can't be done. Like the Hall can't just be Jones and Moore. But at the same time, I'm not looking for them necessarily to go out and get a big name guy. Now, if they do, I think that's fine because I think they could, you know, with some maneuvering, make that work under the salary cap. But. If they don't, it saves you some future money to work on Jeffrey Simmons and A.J. Brown. It gives you some more flexibility there. They also don't really have a lot of holes. Receiver and tight end, certainly. You can be aggressive with that in the draft. Uh, and defensively, we talked about it last week, there's really nowhere where you want to go out and, and pay very much money to anybody. So I really, I, and I talked about this on the, the Tuesday Titans Toss-Up podcast this week. I I, I I'm kind of fine either way they go. And I don't mean to, again, straddle the fence, but I really think they're in a, a situation because of the success that they've had over recent years, what they've established, that we shouldn't be surprised that unless there's just an obvious fit that they fall in love with, they're not every year going to go out and do what they did last year where they were pretty aggressive getting Bob Dupree and Danico Autry and, and Janaris Jenkins. So, all that to say, uh, I'm fine with it. I don't have a big deal with them taking a more passive approach to this,
3: yeah, and, and I think the situation was more dire last year, like the defense was very clearly in need of a of an overhaul um in terms of personnel uh, and talent. Yes, this year we need starters on offense, but assuming Julio is still there, you really need a uh, wide receiver three, maybe a wide receiver four, um, and then the two tight ends. Because like Will has said uh, for the last like three podcasts, Aaron Brewer seems to be the in-house candidate for left guard, um, or it could be Radunce, and then Jamarco Jones could play right tackle. Like Those are options. um, And then, I mean, this could all change. If you, tomorrow they go ahead and sign Tyler Conklin or Gerald Everett, then you're looking at possibly a receiver in round one and then a tight end in the third or fourth round, and you're already in a good position. So I I don't really see them going out and signing too many um, uh, other free agents, especially given their salary cap. I mean, they only have um, 1.6, 1.7 mil in, in cap space right now. I know the cap is fake and we talk about it all the time, but – they 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 do have to uh, actually manage it, and they've already uh, done so with a couple of cuts. But I, I don't know how many other players are are, are going to get the boot. It doesn't seem like too many more. So I think we're we're probably looking at not too many moves um, left for the times to make in free agency. And personally, I'm I'm okay with it.
0: Yeah, I just. I don't know. They have got to find a starter somewhere. Like they 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 have to and I think we all think they will, but like they have to find a starter on offense in free agency. Like they just don't have the other resources to ignore it and and also come away like this is how you get trapped into Isaiah Wilson, right? Is like you fill your needs and you draft, you know, you spend a pick on a guy because you fall. You, there's nobody you love it. That's it, in the bottom of the first round. You're looking on the board and you're saying, well, we need a right tackle just in this instance. He's huge. He has the pedigree of, you know, an SEC player. We have a bunch of these guys ranked the same. Like, let's just take a shot on this guy. Like he, you know, he's the, got the biggest frame and the most upside theoretically. And then you end up like they ended up. So it's like, I mean, there's a little different because it's a little different scenario because you get to interview people now and you don't just have to take other people's words for it and all that. But I just, I don't know. Like I, I will feel much more comfortable this time next week when they've added two starters and I can take a deep breath. Cause that's probably what will happen. But you know, are they going to be guys that are top 10 in this class? No, but they they will be adequate starters and it will allow them flexibility to do what they want to do in the first round of the draft.
2: There are a couple of moves they've made that we have yet to talk about in relation to handling their restricted free agents because we know that they did not tender restricted free agent fullback Kari Blossing game, which we expected, but We also know that they did not tender David Quesenberry. Is that experiment finally over?
3: I I think so. (laughs) Um, It seems like it. Um, I hope so. Um, Even though people can cite his PFF score uh, all they want and talk about how amazing of a run blocker he is, he was a disaster in pass protection and i think it's pretty clear um that the titans probably feel the same way because if not they would have um they probably would have tendered him but I, i'm i'm hoping i'm hoping he's not back i hope they just let radens be the right tackle because he played very well when he was putting in into that opportunity um last season against the 49ers and i think he's going to do it well he drafted him in the second round for a reason just put him out there and, and it, at the very least let him learn because it can't be that much worse than, um, it was with quasi at least in pass protection.
0: It can't be any, like, I mean, I guess theoretically it could be worse, but like, like nothing we've seen would indicate that it would be worse. So I don't know, man, like just when I thought he was gone, then other people were like, well, they could bring him back at a lower price later, which, I mean, it would be stupid, but it wouldn't surprise me Um, just because I know Mike Vrabel's furious that he's not already penciled in as the starter for next year, which is why he said the Dylan Raiden stuff earlier.
3: Uh, Doesn't it feel like Dennis Kelly all over again, though, that he played, quote unquote, well um, when given the opportunity, but then they don't even bring it back?
0: uh, Well, yeah, but Dennis Kelly wasn't. The worst offensive tackle. Like he wasn't the. I know ass- he didn't he give offensive.
3: up eleven sacks.
0: Yeah, he didn't have the record. They're the league leading. Like, so then why 10, would the Titans? Bring,
3: why would the Titans bring Questionberry back? Then it would make even less sense. Because why he's did in they the boys club. Like yeah, <laughs> I know, I
0: know. By like, the way, Rip did, never fall in love with a player and then cut him like
3: did, by his own volition. Did you guys see the Schefter tweet about Questionberry at the last sentence? Also, he yeah. had cancer. Yeah. Un- yeah, unbelievable, it, truly unbelievable.
0: It, it is baffling. Like that, that like if that's the like if you have enough time to make three points in a tweet, and your third point about why somebody should like if if an agent sends you a message, which is what happens with Adam Schefter, and he says tweet this, and you tweet it out, and the last line of that message is he also had cancer. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's that's a bad sign. Like, so. Yeah, I mean, like, that. look, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to be any meaner I've been to Questenberry. We all know Questenberry's bad. Like, they should get rid of him. I don't know that they will forever, but he's not. It, it, at no point was he one of the eight best offensive linemen the Titans had, and that's on a roster where they had Bobby Hart for a while. So, I don't know. I
2: mean, I just think you got to go with Dylan Radin's at right tackle. And maybe if he plays left guard that's i'm i'm willing to maybe bend but you got to put him out there
0: yeah like the problem is i think that keith carter does a good job on on average developing guys i think the problem is i think mike frabel wants to see certain guys in certain positions like and i think that he wants him to be a guard like i think in his head he's like we're going to put him at left guard and then he's going to take over at left tackle for uh, Lawan when it's time for Lawan to go and that's not how that position works so i don't know we'll we'll see what happens like he could play right tackle i don't want him playing guard he's too skinny like he's going to get thrown around like he's he's his whole thing is he wins with speed and like technique and angles like put him at tackle like try him at right even though that'll be a little bit backwards for him but you know, go from there, but oh man, it, it, it the worst thing that could happen is that you know, knock on wood, that is that Raiden gets hurt and they uh, in camp, like just like a small, like rolled ankle, and then uh, they call up Questenberry, and Mike Verbal's like, Well, Questenberry was here the whole time, so we're gonna give him the nod, and then he never comes out <laughs> again. Like, that's that's a nightmare situation, yeah. yeah.
2: We've still got a lot to talk about as far as the rest of the NFL. We're going to make fun of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're going to talk a little bit maybe about Tom Brady. Uh, We've got a lot left to go, so don't go anywhere. We will be right back in just one moment. You're listening to No Nonsense, the Tennessee Titans podcast. We really need to, guys, talk about Two of the other teams in the, in the AFC South, the Colts and the Jags, because they're both just kind of all over the place in free agency. I want to start with the Colts, because here's what we know about the Colts. Two things. First of all, they asked Houston for permission to meet with Deshaun Watson about a trade, and they were shut down. So that was pretty funny when I read that. And now, just my friggin' dream come true is about to happen. Because according to Benjamin Albright, the Indianapolis Colts are no longer interested in Jimmy Garoppolo, and instead are likely to sign the Aloha spirit himself, Marcus Mariota. Playing him twice a year would just... For me, I would get so much thrill and excitement out of that for all the wrong reasons.
3: <laughs> I don't know why you want this. I don't want this at all. I love Mariota. I don't want to see him possibly suffer at the hands of the Titans' defense, or possibly beat us in a game or two. I, I, I don't want any any part of this. You're, you're. I'm leaving you alone in this. <laughs> I mean,
0: he's what the best quarterback they've had in the last five years. So, I mean, since Andrew Luck, because Phillip Rivers was trash. Um, I don't know, man. Like, the good news is if you play the Colts after week four, you probably won't have to worry about Mariota. So, you know, he'll probably be banged up or hurt or whatever, and it won't just won't matter. But, like, it sucks because I want. Mariota to go to a scheme that fits him if he's going to get another job like as a starter like somewhere like the the raiders had a good way to like they were using him correctly when they were using him in sub packages like the problem is like you you, like just treat him like lamar jackson like i mean but with a like more consistent arm and without like lightning bolt speed like that like i don't know like you can't put him in a drop back like quick pass offense because that's not really what he's going to do well but whatever like i mean the worst the worst thing that happens is jeffrey simmons breaks him and you know the world is full circle and we're back to square one like you know i i don't know it- it's tough because <laughs> it's tough to see one of like the best like one of the confirmed nicest humans who like you like i i'll just speak for myself really wanted to see thrive like as a player, just because he was so incredibly nice and likable and fun to watch in college. And like, it it sucks to see him go somewhere where now we're going to be rooting against him. And we can probably say all the mean things we want and we'll probably be right at this point in his career.
2: I think it's fun.
3: (laughs) It will be fun. The games will be fun at least. Um, hopefully he'll probably get a good homecoming, uh, if he plays, um, in Nashville and he's on the stadium,
0: that'd be cool.
2: Jags, what in the world is happening? I mean, it's not even just typical Jag stuff because I know, you know, every year the Jags go out and spend a lot of money in free agency. Ha ha. Right. The dolphins used to do it too. Right. We know that. The Christian Kirk thing may be the worst contract I've ever seen. What in the world? $21 million a year? The second highest AA third highest AAV contract in the league for wide receiver behind DeAndre Hopkins and the Titans' own Julio Jones? What? Christian Kirk? Who's going to get you 800 receiving yards a year? What happened there? Who are they bidding against?
3: Themselves. Trent Balk is in full desperation mode. He has no idea what to do. So what do you do when nothing you uh, have done so far has worked and you are probably going to get fired within a year? You just spend money on everyone and everything. And it doesn't matter because no one's really going to tell you anything. They're going to be like, okay, well, you're the general manager and all of these contracts are going to backfire. It's not only Kirk. Like, yes, that's a bad that's a bad deal. He's a good player. Obviously, he's not worth that much. Um, he's more of a slot receiver than outside receiver, although he can play outside, too. But, I mean, the other contracts, Scherf, sure, yeah, he's a pro bowler. He's also a guard, and we've seen that they really can't impact games uh, as much as other positions. Aluakon is an inside linebacker who is not very good in coverage. All he does is tackle. They gave him $50 million per year. Um, Then they gave a nose tackle, $10 million. And then Evan Ingram, who is always injured or is always dropping passes, they gave him almost $10 million per year. Like, it's insane. Like, these are terrible, terrible moves, and they're all going to backfire, every single one of them.
0: Yeah, like, (sighs) I— There's so many different ways to illustrate it. Like Warren Sharp talked about how they're the only team with eight of their top 10 contracts uh, that were given to free agents instead of like players they drafted that they ended up signing. Then the the Warren Sharp tweet that's probably the funniest is uh, the one where he said, uh, the last two free agency periods, the Jags have spent $117.5 million on their receiving core. And it consists of Christian Kirk, uh, Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, and Evan Ingram. Like, I don't know, man, like it's just it's just tough to, like, think about that. Like they spent roughly like it's not all at once, obviously, but like, I I mean, that's so much money on guys who are probably like Marvin Jones is probably the only one who is a number two on a good team like Christian Kirk was a number three, like Zay Jones was barely a number three, like Evan Ingram, like the the giants haven't wanted him in two years. Like, man, I like, it's just such a bad job. And, you know, even, even the novelty of being excited, like of the media pretending to be excited for like what the Jaguars might be is like worn off. Like they, like, like I said at the top, like, Anytime the top free agents are going to Jacksonville, it's going to be a dud because nobody cares. And their savior, Trevor Lawrence, threw uh, what, like, went like six straight games like to finish the year uh, with an interception except for that Colts game where they beat the Colts, which is, I don't know, probably the perfect scenario for Titans fans. So, it, I mean, it's just bad.
1: And, like,
2: so, so here's an interesting question, I think. Who's in a worse position? Let's assume. Let's assume the Colts sign Mariota. Are the Colts or the Jags in a worse position? Because even despite this conversation, I'm still inclined to think that the Colts with Mariota are less well off than the Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence and these new free agents.
3: Yeah, no, it, it's it's definitely the Jaguars for me. I mean, it, it, the Jaguars thing is an organizational. Um, failure from top to bottom. And even in in terms of like on-field play, like it's not even close. Like the Colts are a solid team. They've just been undone with pretty poor quarterback play. Um, And unfortunately their GM doesn't want to spend on um, slightly more talented players, but the Colts are in a way better position than the the Jaguars.
0: Like it's a good question because the problem the problem with both teams right is they have so much money and they can't figure out the quarterback position and they can't coach themselves out of not having somebody to pull them up like it, for For all the promise and you know, the offensive genius talk that we got for frank with Frank Reich for years, like they've never won the AFC South uh, with him as the head coach. They've never been an explosive offense with him as the head coach. Like they've always been serviceable and they've always won a fair number of games. But like, I, I mean, the, like the Jaguars have won the AFC South more recently than the Colts have. So I, I don't know because. It seems like every year the Colts are in a position where it's like, OK, if they really commit to free agency and say, like, OK, we're going to sign three blue chip guys and they draft the way that Chris Ballard is supposed to draft, then they should have fixed this problem. But this is the what sixth straight year that they'll have a different quarterback than the year they did before. Like that, that's, that's just it, like that. Doesn't happen. Like I, I don't know how that could possibly be like happening over and over to a good team. So, at a certain point, like I, I think they're both just really poorly run organizations with no long term plan. Like they're living off season to off season, and you know, I don't think either one of them have gotten better in the last three years. So, uh, like. I would almost rather be Jacksonville because, at the very least, you know you've got money and you're going to get a top pick every year. Like with the Colts, you're just trying to rebuild the team with you know middle tier first round rookies, and then you only hit on about half of those anyway. So, man, I just but then all the guys from Jacksonville just want to leave two years after they get there. I I don't know. It, they're both in just horrible positions.
2: Yeah, de- definitely not enviable. I will although I will say. Like you'd way rather have Jimmy Garoppolo than Mariota, right?
0: But not if you have to trade a twenty twenty third uh, <laughs> pick. Like that's the thing. Yeah, like, I mean, like look, like Did you say first, first. That, round that's pick? that's what's gonna happen. I think
2: they can make the playoffs with Garoppolo.
3: I don't think they're gonna do anything with Marcus. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hold on. How much better is Garoppolo than Carson Wentz? Zero. Uh, not a, Not the Same guy. That's <laughs> false. That's false. Carson Wentz had a twenty-seven to seven touchdown yeah. interception ratio last year. Yeah, he I just mean, felt he just imploded in the worst moments. But so does Jimmy G. He played in the in the in the Super Bowl when he threw that interception, and I he guess. overthrew Emmanuel Sanders. I don't know, man. I just know that Jimmy Garoppolo played in the NFC Championship,
2: and Carson Wentz couldn't get a team with seven Pro Bowlers to the playoff.
0: Well, but, well, we, uh, we, but we Wentz know has the Pro Bowl's a, a Super Bowl ring. Uh, like yeah i I don't know like if i mean i guess they could theoretically get to the playoffs but i mean if jimmy g uh, so let's do this without jimmy g and without carson wentz who has the better roster the 49ers or the colts
3: that hold on Uh, the niners I, i was about to bring this up because Jimmy G throws to Debo Samuel and George Kittle, who yes. are, like, two of the best Yak players in the entire league. Yes. Who on the Colts, other than Jonathan Taylor, is getting anything close to what those guys are getting? I think Michael Pittman's pretty good, but he's not even close to Debo Samuel.
0: I don't think Pittman would start for the 49ers. I think he'd be <laughs> behind Iuk, uh, Kittle, and... Uh, Uh, Debo just in terms of like if they because they're always going to play with use check whether he's like lined up at tight end or fullback or whatever like and they're always going to have like a running back unless they line up Debo Samuel back there sometimes like I like it and I like I like Pittman in general like but I'm just saying like I don't think I I don't think their skill position holds a candle and I think their offensive line is probably worse left to right than uh, the, the 49ers is I think the 49ers defense is clearly better than uh, the Colts defense like I, I just don't know like is, so even if Jimmy G was there Like I don't think they would be as successful as the 49ers were But I mean who knows I mean I, they would sweep the Jaguars and the Texans and if they would have swept the Jaguars last year would have gotten them into the playoffs So I don't know. I I, I don't know but I, I know it definitely wouldn't be a big improvement. And unless you're the Rams, eventually, if you keep trading your first-round picks for guys who suck, like, it, it's it's going to be a problem. I guess they didn't trade them for people who suck. But, like, if – you because the word is, like, if Sam Darnold got, like, a second-round pick and, like, a third-round pick or whatever he got, and Carson Wentz got the deal that he got when the Colts traded for him, like – If you're the 49ers and you know the Colts are so desperate, you're not going to trade him for anything less than a first round pick. Like, I I just just don't think they do it.
2: It's not that the Colts would have made the playoffs if they had uh, swept the Jaguars. If they had split with the Jaguars, they would have made the playoffs. They got swept by the Jaguars. Quickly. They got swept by the Jaguars? They did, yeah. Did they lose? Did they? I'm almost positive.
3: I remember they lost, but that was with Rivers, Week One against the Jags. That was twenty twenty, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think they got swept by my check. I am pretty Now the Colts sure. beat them twenty three to seventeen in uh, right, uh, right after yeah. the Jaguars. Yeah, beat yeah the I'm Bills. looking at
2: that. So, okay, I was wrong. N- Nail biter. <laughs> That's barely that beat <laughs> I was like, I don't
0: talk about this enough. If they got swept by the Jaguars, like we we should be bringing that up every day.
2: Um, before stop the nonsense, Brady reactions, what do we think?
3: Hey, I wish he would just leave us alone. It's so annoying, man. You're 45 years old. Just, just go home. Just stay home.
0: I need him to be here uh, in the NFL so that everybody's not like Oh man, the Titans just have such a ter like oh they're in such a terrible position. They've got the worst quarterback in there. It's like shut up, like you know everybody's got to play against hard quarterbacks. The Titans have done it forever. They've won. Like stop focusing on the guys who got traded. Like if there's balance and there's parity in the divisions, like and then the conferences between like where the quarterbacks are, great. Like if Deshaun Watson goes to Carolina, and then you end up with uh that with the NFC having uh, the mighty Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott. No, I'm just kidding about those two. But like they have Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Deshaun Watson, like the people will stop talking about how all the good quarterbacks are in the AFC and they'll have enough storylines to where, you know, you won't have to hear that every time somebody does a power ranking for the next eight months.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're right.
2: Matias?
3: sorry uh what were you we talking about i was looking up an adam Schefter tweet for my uh, <laughs> stop the nonsense tom brady
0: let me let me say this uh do we like there's no way that tom brady retires before he either gets a serious injury or before he has a peyton manning year right like this Correct. was his one shot aj like, brown
2: was... put that on
3: twitter and he's right yeah he's like, only back for one year i think it's one year man like I I think he's, they don't win the Super Bowl, and then he's going to come back for one more.
0: I think he stayed home with his kids for like a a month and he was like, you guys are spoiled and he like hates hates them. Like, I mean like nobody, no like 45 year old has ever been like, you know what I want to do more, spend some time with this teenager that I haven't really spent a lot of time with other than going on vacations. Like, I mean, he's not one to help with math homework. Like he, like he's got people that he pays for that. Like, He does not want to be a stay at home dad, like not also not when everybody's like, oh, man, he's still you know, you still had it. You still could do it like that. There's no chance.
3: Yeah, I'm kind of with it. It feels like it feels like the Bucs are probably going to go all in now. Right. I mean, they just signed Russell Gage, got him a third receiver, traded for Shaq Mason for a fifth round pick, which is absurd. I don't know what the Patriots are doing. I think you just answered your own question, Matthias. What? That you said t- it t- feels t- like they're going to go all in now, and then you just started oh, yeah, them yeah. going all in. Yeah, yeah, they, uh, they, they, they are. Right? They, they're they still missing a couple things, but yeah.
0: The Patriots did that, by the way, because they're going to try to add Lyle Collins. Like, they're they're opening cap space um, for Lyle Collins because Shaq Mason's owed like $8 million this year against the cap, and they're just like, mm-hmm. no thanks. We'd rather pay that exact same amount for a Pro Bowl right tackle. <laughs> and... I get it. That makes sense to me. Fair.
2: All right. Stop the nonsense time. By the way, I love Brady being back. I'm excited. I was I was disappointed when he retired and and now I'm uh now I'm I'm, I'm good. Downvotes on Twitter, by the way, as I'm pulling up my Stop the Nonsense. That's fun.
3: Have you seen that? They've been they've been testing that for several months and they never actually bring it for everyone, like to light, I have it. Now. Yeah, but I don't. It's so weird. They like bring it to some people. Don't see them, and, and you don't see them. You don't see the downvotes. Like you can downvote a tweet, but you don't actually. The other person doesn't see it.
2: Hmm. It's just for that. I like, mean, that's sorting, I guess.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. That's. Yeah, I don't know.
2: <laughs> okay, my stop the nonsense goes to Mike Florio put out the dumbest tweet maybe I've ever seen. It reads as follows. I've gotten some interesting, unsolicited, and hostile text messages tonight from someone with a recognizable name who at no point asked to go, quote, off the record. I'm going to treat them as off the record as a courtesy to the person who has sent them, even though I shouldn't. What the heck is the purpose of this tweet? Is it to gloat that you have this source? Is it to... Uh, prop yourself up as being a man of ethical obligation i what I, why this tweet is so unnecessary
3: pure ego just uh, trying to look cool yeah he, he does this pretty often
0: <laughs> yeah it's just i'm better than you guys cuz you guys would have been like you guys would have been petty and posted the screenshots but I will save this man's reputation and he will
2: appreciate me for it. It's like, <laughs> oh shut up. Gosh. Yeah, terrible tweet. What do you guys have?
3: Um, I'll go next since um, I'm also going with a member of the media. We already mentioned him on this podcast, uh, Adam Schefter. Um, he's, ha- he's having, he's having a, a, a couple of days for sure. Um, getting a lot of tweets out. Unfortunately, some of these tweets have been um, pretty bad. Uh, we mentioned one of them, the Quesenberry one. I, I, I want to actually read that one um, in full. The Titans are not tendering uh, David Quesenberry, per source. He has started 25 straight games at right tackle for them and was a top 10 run blocker in 2021 per PFF, just straight out of the agent's mouth. And then he finished that one up with he also is a cancer survivor. So uh, good, <laughs> qualification, good qualification uh, to sign him. Um, just, it's just, just awful stuff, man. But that was not even the worst one. The worst one came, uh, four days ago. I think, what, what day is this? Yeah, four days, March 11th, uh, when all the Deshaun Watson thing, uh, all, all the Deshaun Watson things were coming out. He tweeted, this is why Deshaun Watson from the beginning welcomed a police investigation. He felt he knew that the truth would come out. And today, a grand jury did not charge him on any of the criminal complaints. Just a a fundamental misunderstanding uh, of what happened with uh, that grand jury decision. It does not mean that Deshaun Watson is innocent. It just means that they did not find enough evidence. Um, And for Adam Schefter to tweet this out, the tweet is still up, by the way. um, And he, he responded to it and said this was a poorly worded tweet. Um, but it's still up there, uh, and he tweeted out and I just don't know what this guy's doing. He's a weirdo. He, he, he's starting to weird me out a little bit with some of the things that he's putting out there.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. He's very much like, you know, the word, the, I don't know if it's metaphor or whatever it is, uh, of like being a puppet is overused, but man, like sometimes he just clearly like it's like, hey, uh, here's my Twitter password. Like, you go ahead and type what you want and send it. Like, I don't need to approve it. Like, you just say whatever you want. Like, I mean, it's it's very very strange and like, I, I mean, I guess we all know the game, so it's not like deceitful. Like, we all know that like where his information's coming from, and like we all follow him because we want that information first. But it's obviously uh, tainted. Yeah. Uh, so I'll go to mine. Uh, mine is I, I don't know if it's petty or what. But it's got to do with uh, Jadavian Clowney, so I, I think everybody was surprised how well Clowney played this year. And you know, the Browns brought him in. They took, you know, it was great. They added him and basically gave uh, the Titans. I think he was one. No, he was with the, like he helped contribute to their sixth round compensatory pick. Um, but you know. They gave him a chance, like, you know, he's a good player, like, uh, you know, in theory, like, but they gave him a chance to prove it. They told him he was going to be the starting defensive end opposite Miles Garrett, blah, blah, blah. Like, and the idea the whole time was if it works, we can keep him long-term and we've got our bookends. And like, in some miracle, he played well for an entire season opposite Miles Garrett and set himself up to be a starter on defense for a long time after it looked like he was one bad step away from just being out of the league. And despite that, like uh, the, the report is that uh, the door is not totally closed for, this is from uh, Brad Stainbrook, uh, who uh, works for 24 seven sports. But uh, he said that Clowney's going to try to play elsewhere next season. The door is not totally closed for a return to Cleveland, but it is viewed as unlikely currently a main reason money. And I'm like, this like was your best chance to get because he's only twenty nine. Like we're looking at a lot of like thirty-two year old edge rushers and stuff now, like Chandler Jones and Von Miller and all like you know, all all these guys. And if you can just have some decently productive years at, when you turn 30, 31, like you can still get a decent size, like short term contract again. All he had to do was sign a three year contract million contract with the Browns and finally get more money, like finally get actual guaranteed money in his bank account and then do it again. And then screw that team later. Like that gives you the last big contract, but instead he's going to try to test out free agency and it's just going to be another situation where he like shoots himself in the foot and doesn't realize how to maximize his potential. So it's just, it's one of those situations where it doesn't make any sense to me and it's hilarious and also sort of sad.
2: Yeah. 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 You're, you're 100% on track there. All right. That's going to do it. I'm sure we'll have more to talk about next week. Again, not a whole lot has happened really around the league, but especially with the Titans. So we'll have more next week. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed for Willa Matisse. I am Luke reminding you and everyone else in the sports world to stop the nonsense.